This week in the parish of Bourses and Market Structure, NSE IPO delayed once again, and welcome to Generation HIG. Crazy name, crazy guys. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 189. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the Bourse business sent daily to your inbox Monday through Friday. More details at exchangeinvest.com. To begin with, let's look at bit carnage and setting the scene. Here's a quotation from the latest John J. Ray FTX bankruptcy report on the 9th of April 2023, and I quote, Despite the public image it sought to create of a responsible business, the FTX group was tightly controlled by a small group of individuals who showed little interest in instituting an appropriate oversight or control framework. These individuals stifled dissent, commingled and misused corporate and customer funds, lied to third parties about their business, joked internally about their tendency to lose track of millions of dollars in assets, and thereby caused the FTX group to collapse as swiftly as it had grown. In this regard, while the FTX group's failure is novel in the unprecedented scale of harm it caused in a nascent industry, many of its root causes are familiar. Hubris, incompetence, and greed. It's genuinely tough to get through this 45-page report, ladies and gentlemen, without thinking it was probably ready on April the 1st, but they delayed it until April the 9th because nobody could publish it at the start of the month as it would lead to questions of truth and reliability. I truly doubt that was the case, I suppose, but on a full read, it is easy to argue. Essentially, nothing worked at FTX as it ought, leading the liquidators to term the management as being driven by hubris, incompetence and greed. Welcome to the Hig generation. If you enjoyed this excerpt, you may be interested to know that you can read BitCarnage every day in Exchange Invest, the daily newsletter of the Bourse business. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage as a standalone, the daily update on happenings in the world of crypto and digital assets, then you can find BitCarnage as a standalone on Substack. Back to the legacy exchange world, China has cleared the path for foreign investors to access its $5 trillion swaps market, the Financial Times reported. Hong Kong Connect grows in leaps and bounds. Hong Kong Exchanges Group, Shanghai Clearinghouse and the China Foreign Exchange Trade System, CFETS, will be interlinked via the SAR mainland investment pipeline, bringing Chinese yield curve trading within the remit of the ex-China rest of the world. That is just way beyond phenomenally mega-seismic. So many ramifications here, it is a kind of seven sigma of mind-blowing. 
Oh, and if you get in early, you can manage to get an utterly huge risk premium on your yield curve compared to the Western fiat currencies. Albeit, before you say I encouraged you to sell west by east, please remember the ultimate four-letter word of the previous sentence, risk. If all else fails, Google Asian crisis 1998. All the same, this is a momentous opportunity for HKEX and traders across the world. Whatever the cycles do is one thing, but this is a mega Rubicon to cross and it will have huge benefits to world trade, albeit with a few cyclical downturns along the way too. Over in the European Union, some concern by Stefan Bujna. He is worried, the Euronext CEO, about the idea of victims of arbitrage as a result of a unified consolidated pre-trade tape. Now, I have to say I can see a point here, but it does slightly concern me because let's face it, the whole concept of MIFID best execution et al was to demonstrate an absolute transparency of what was available before clients were putting their orders in. That's driven us to smart order routing and much else besides. As it stands, I feel the current mess totally disadvantages retail across the European Union as they can have no idea what a price is. Besides, if you're entering on best execution and the pre-trade tape is apparently transparently X at Y, how does somebody argue without there being a better price? Confused? Well, I think the ultimate answer is yes, we're all worried about what might happen with a pre-trade tape that it might make things worse for retail. But then again, when was retail ever fundamentally harmed by greater liquidity, accessibility and transparency, as the capital market revolution mantra went. Big news from the BSE, the Bombay Stock Exchange. They're halting market-making subsidies in the derivatives business and the removal of those market-maker incentives has already reduced derivatives turnover by 90% in Q1. That's a giddy inflection of business unseen since, well... Charlotte's Web unravelled in her block volume heavy OI deficient Nasdaq London MTF for rates all those years ago. BSE are believed to be considering closing the affected ETD segment, but it does raise the question just how much business was there fundamentally, and indeed what else may have gone wrong in growing this business, just subsidising market makers as the case may be. Either way, it's proving a tricky first gambit, and it is rather a large gamble for new CEO Sundararaman Ramamurti. Wise, they're teaming up with Interactive Brokers. The UK-based remittance platform will therefore offer clients an augmented experience when depositing money in their trading accounts. A sign of the future of money, I suspect, albeit I think there are better tweaks still to come between the brokerage industry and the way that you can pay money in. At the same time, barring a total meltdown when the new brand coincided with utter chaos on the Wise platform last month, Wise are the sensible grown-ups in the PSP business as opposed to, say, Revolut amongst others. Thus, unsurprisingly, Wise would be the chosen partner for the remarkably risk-free, given it's a haven of investment, IBKR. Over at Dirty Bubble Media, they've been exposing the, what they call, shrinking spread of Schwab. Schwab has profited on the spread between near zero interest deposits and higher interest securities, a strategy that accounted for nearly 25% of net revenues by the end of 2022. 
This is a, an excellent step of analysis outside of pure play crypto by the hyper-illuminating recent IPO vid alumnus James Block. Compare and contrast with the powerhouse of pragmatism and longevity, not to mention profitability, IBKR, which has always maintained the Petrofi doctrine of depositing on call and as safely as possible. QV also, of course, the fact that IBKR just got into bed with Wise, the safest PSP. I think there is a round. New markets this week. Alpex, the power exchange, has started trading. It started on April the 12th. And Nepal is going to be getting a second stock exchange, additional stockbrokers, and a commodity exchange. Exciting times ahead as the Supreme Court clears the way for the new entities. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Deal news this week. The FTC, that's US Antitrust, their staff are seeking a court order preventing ICE from consummating its acquisition of rival Black Knight pending agency administrative challenge. That's quite remarkable altogether and seems somewhat heavy-handed. There's always the risk that this has a possible political angle of vengeance, which is a worry here, but it's unsurprising given the innately corrupt Biden presidency. Therefore, possibly Biden is striking back at the former Senator Kelly Loeffler via her husband, who is, of course, the chairman and chief executive of the Intercontinental Exchange Group. Back to ICE and the broader antitrust case, it's still one where the authorities are myopically chasing old definitions as opposed to looking to the future, a tragic parable which could be true of either side of the political aisle, essentially anywhere in the world. The worry remains in DC. Does Joe Brezhnev and his admin know there's a thing called the interweb or some malarkey to that effect? If you're struggling with what this interweb thing is doing and much, much more, the rise of digital assets and many more things, then consider reading my book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World. It's published by DV Advisors and distributed by Ingram Worldwide. While you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream, Tuesday, 6pm London, 1 o'clock New York time, the IPO Vid Live Show. Catch the back episodes on Facebook, LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-Vid. Coming this week, we've got a spectacular show. We're going to have the former vice chairman of the CME, a man who was really, in many ways, the agent of their delivery of electronic transition. And therefore, Jim Olaf is talking about markets in electronic transition on this Tuesday's IPO vid number 102. Product news this week, the CME, they've debuted their offshore yuan options to tap a rising trading demand for the Chinese currency. The JSE, they're considering launching renewable energy certificates. And the Moscow Exchange have launched a service for trading shares in unlisted companies. Technology news this week, bit of a whoops nasty in Mexico City. The BMV, the Mexican Bourse, was hit by multiple trading halts last week. The first major outage since 2020 for the Mexican exchange monopoly. A new trading system the Baku Stock Exchange trading platform, BETP, has been introduced in the Baku Exchange successfully, and also there's been a successful migration of Borsa Italiana's equity and ETF markets to the European Optic Trading Platform. The Stock Exchange of Thailand, they're partnering with DataBP to launch the Set Data Port. 
at all, which is an exciting development for DataBP CEO Mark Schadel, who was our guest on IPOVID number 71. Then there's Bloomberg GPT, a large-scale language model built for finance. 50 billion parameters to play with in this Fisher-Price Activity Center for Financial Markets. The white paper was published in the course of the last week. Regulation news. The UAE Central Bank has selected technology and legal partners for their CBDC project. While in career paths, Flutter has lined up John Bryant as the next chairman ahead of its US dual listing. Bryant was the former Kellogg company president and CEO. He'll be chairing a business centred on sports wagering, with, of course, the Betfair Exchange as part of it, valued at some £24 billion, which is somewhere around $28-29 billion. The Coinbase head of exchange, Vishal Gupta, has resigned. He's leaving after more than two years at the US-based cryptocurrency exchange, apparently to develop his own marketplace. Meanwhile, we're sorry to hear that it's not been a good month for Magnus Billing, the former head of Nasdaq Nordic from 2013 to 2016, who has been dismissed as CEO of the mutually owned pension fund Elekta, the largest in Sweden, which has some 2.6 million Swedish pensioners money deposited in its vaults. The pension fund lost 2% of its asset value recently in the US banking crisis. That amounts to the better part of $2 billion of investments made in a tragic trio of US banks, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank and First Republic Bank. There's a certain irony, it has to be said, ladies and gentlemen, to the agony suffered by pension funds in recent years, unable to find decent interest rate returns amongst interest-bearing securities, thus pursuing aggressive equity approaches, only to be undone by leverage risks when the yield curve suddenly bursts back into life. And that only leaves us with Big World this week, where we have news that Chicago has elected a mega-lefty spendthrift advocate of an exchange transaction tax, backed by the teachers' union. Brandon Johnson is the new mayor of Chicago. If he enacts his plans, would the last trader left in Chicago please switch the lights off? And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, creator of Markets the World Over, publisher of Exchange Invest, and indeed also its separate substack, BitCarnage. I wish you all a great week in blockchain, life, and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.